0: And by the way, take whatever advice that she gives you with a big grain of salt.
1: Yeah, and take anything that he gives you with a shot of penicillin. <laughs> Seriously, Calvin, do yourself a favor. Unless you're combing the playground for middle schoolers, don't become an asshole like Monty.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't I been inside you?
1: <sighs> oh.
0: oh. 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 no. Oh. Oh, oh Monty. Oh, me.
1: You want to brag about your sexual conquest, you big stud you? Okay, you know what, fine, let's talk about it. Let me describe Monty's amazing sexual prowess. He'd barrel into me with that pathetic excuse for a child's penis, and it would end so quickly, so abruptly, I wouldn't even have time to feel any sort of morbid, accidental amusement towards his technique, which was basically him seizuring on top of me for, oh, about 45 seconds, I laid there trying not to laugh. Or cry? Is it any wonder why you still date girls in high school? They're the only ones left. They don't know any better.
0: Okay, okay, all right, first of all. For the record. I always had an orgasm when we had sex. (gasps) Secondly, everybody knows that I'm orally fixated, and you can't deny that I played your vagina like a
1: violin. Oh, as if that somehow negates the fact that once we got past foreplay. You turned into the little engine that couldn't hold his load.
0: Oh, what the
1: fuck ever!
0: If I was that bad, then why were you at my house every night? I mean, all I had to do was call and say, Hey, I'm horny, and then fucking poof! As if by some form of slut magic, you'd appear. Now, why is that?
1: Because at first, I really liked spending time with you. I thought you were a genuinely interesting guy to be around. Very true. Eventually, it all wore thin, and I realized that your personality was just one short, punctuated joke after another, much like our sex life. And, oh, Monty, do you remember why we stopped dating?
0: Yeah, I do. Because you were old news. I was looking at other girls, and I was getting bored. Basically, that was why.
1: Yeah, yeah, all that. And the fact that I dumped you.
0: Wait, I thought you said you dumped... Shut up, Cal. All right, I was just trying to let you down easy, but this is bullshit because we both know that you enjoyed having sex with me.
1: The only real pleasure I ever got from having sex with you came from making fun of it later with my friends. Tell them, Amy. It's true, we laughed a lot at your expense. So, you know how when you're walking past a group of people and you hear them laughing, you sometimes get that paranoid self-conscious feeling that maybe they're laughing about you when they're really not? Well, in your case,
0: Nine Podcast with your hosts, Eric Branstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now.
2: Thank you so much for joining us here at the Cinema Nine podcast i am travis roy i'm with eric branstrom as always our regular co-host mike govier could not be with us today sadly but we do have dragon movie guy brian himself from the youtube uh, website this is your main thing is, is is being on youtube right
3: yes yeah i'm on i'm on all the socials for the most part but youtube is the main the main deal
2: Main deal. Well, thank you for joining us. If you guys are not following Dragon Movie Movie Guy on YouTube, you definitely should. Lots of, and I I guess i need to follow you on some other social media as well. I've just been On the youtube but uh this is like your thing right like you make like little videos of of like your reviews and all that kind of like what we do but much more palatable and like (laughs) bite-sized
3: yeah most of what i'm doing currently is a lot of youtube shorts or just i I call them instant movie reviews so Mm -hmm. vertical video under 60 seconds do a quick review as i'm coming out of the theater and then i've been doing um of the last month or so i've been doing something i call before and after reviews because I'm trying to capture that excitement that you have when you're going to the movies mm-hmm. and then sort of that post-movie mm-hmm. glow sort of thing. So I'm, doing, I'm capturing the uh, three or four th- thoughts that I have, uh, excitement points, going into a movie and then coming out afterwards and going, well, this worked, <laughs> that didn't, but this, I should have been thinking this instead. So uh, th- those have been uh, what I've been working on lately, uh, the before and after reviews, oh, cool. trying to do my spin on movie reviews. Well,
2: that's fun. You seem to have a lot of uh, uh, time at the movies. How often do you go to the movie theater?
3: Once or twice a week, but it's Not been a, a week or so since I've been. Oh, so you've been slacking by your standards. Well, I, I am slacking. <laughs> I, uh, I I have all of my social media posts done through middle of March. That's oh, what wow. I've been doing the last two weeks and then um i'm doing i'm doing my big top 23 of 2023 preview video so i'm kind of in the middle of editing that giant slog of a video so
2: i I respect your organizational (laughs) skills
3: trying trying to be organized
2: (laughs) well we're missing mike govier here today he says i can attest that covid sucks Sorry yeah. I missed you Brian. Um, he unfortunately he's dodged it Pleasure. like me. he's dodged it this whole time and then just got it recently. <laughs> he says that he and Leanne wish everybody a healthy new year I guess probably a happy one too. We both watched Waiting together today. so he would be uh, here to discuss it which will be our main film 2005 right 2005's waiting dot 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 uh, which was our, our our friend new friend Brian's choice. So we'll be talking about that more here in a little bit. But as always, we're going to start things off with asking Eric, how's Griffith, Indiana? Griffith is fine,
4: but I'm suffering from what my doctor calls a post-viral infection in my throat. Like I can't swallow. Uh, I can't sleep. (laughs) When will this nightmare end? I've been sick for three straight months. Granted, it's not COVID-19. But this this is hell. This sucks so bad. Uh, But other than that, you know, I've been doing good. Uh, Happy holidays to everyone. Hope everyone had a wonderful uh, holiday season and uh, looking forward to bringing in a a new year. Dude, Brian, there's some exciting films coming out in 2023 that I'm so excited about. Like maybe you could give us a little, what are a couple that you have your eye on right now?
3: Oh, there's, uh, I just happen to have my list handy as I call it up here. Um, I am really excited and there's there's you know I, i'm someone that actually i love all of the i, I love all of the sequels and the franchises mm-hmm. i love all of those we got it we got three different marvel movies scheduled to come out we've got two or three three dc yes. movies scheduled yes. to come out three. and one of the ones i'm actually the most excited to right now is oppenheimer which is christopher yes. nolan's new movie dude the
4: trailer looks awesome
3: yeah, yeah and, and it's, it's sort of funny they have um they actually have a website up with the trailer running on a constant loop of course they do <laughs> that's so nolan and it actually has a countdown to the well, of number course. of days until the movie opens as if it's like the the countdown until you know the the Manhattan Project comes right. up and they, they start blowing up stuff. So, um, I I love that that preview because <laughs> we don't we don't have a whole lot out other than that one preview yet, but uh, it's still several months away.
4: So. It's nice to see that Nolan's keeping like the event pictures come in. Like no, it's this is event filmmaking here. You really don't see that from any other <laughs> director and writer, man.
2: Yeah, there's yeah, only even- so many directors left right now that their names are above the title.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: This is true. There aren't a whole lot of Kubricks right now, but I still like. I, I loved. Um, I, I did see the the Fablemans. I love Spielberg yeah, loved and everything. Loved pretty much anything Spielberg's ever done. I mean, there are exceptions to the to that rule, but. Uh, <clears throat> Jones Four. Oh,
4: right, fan. Get that one. I'll defend <laughs> it. You got an hour. I'll defend it.
2: <laughs> no we don't have an hour <laughs>
4: yeah
3: it's true <laughs> but also time. asteroid city is another one i'm looking forward to that's another wes anderson movie there's no pictures yet there's oh, right, no right. set photos but um we'll give uh, me this guy money it's wes Jesus. anderson
2: did you like the french dispatch brian
3: i did Jesus. it's not my favorite of his films but i did like the french dispatch
2: I, I feel know. like uh grand Budapest hotel shows us that he's I mean, like, that's still relatively recent. I think it shows that he's still got a lot of promise in him, but for instance, kind of shows that uh, artists, you know, they only, they really, in my experience, mostly they have like a, a batch of good work and then they kind of start to decline. Usually, usually.
3: We'll yeah. And I think grand Budapest is probably the, my favorite of the ones mm. I've seen of his uh, Tarantino is the same way. Like I love Tarantino, but how, if you're a director, how do you ha- how do you have it to where Pulp Fiction is one of the greatest films of the 20th century and it's his second movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Like, where do you go from there? <laughs>
2: um, Star Trek? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I wish. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with, with him. I think he's going to be writing books is my prediction. He's going to stop writing movies or and write books.
3: Well, he said he only wants to do 10 movies total, which right. depending on how you calculate that, there's only one or two <clears throat> left, so...
2: Yeah. Supposedly just just that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, we usually start things off with our quarantine viewing picks, what we've been watching before we discuss the main event, which, you know, you're a regular viewer. It's nice to yeah, have it, you bro. go from like uh, being the name on screen to being like a mm-hmm. face on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Sitting on the couch to sitting on the couch on camera.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not a huge leap, really (laughs) to listening to us, to talking to us. You too. Listeners could be on the cinema nine podcast. Um, (laughs) Let's see. I've been watching a shit ton of movies, guys. I mean, I've been on break more or less. And, uh, there was bad weather, you know, so I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of Christmas movies, more than I even have time. I'm not even going to bore you guys with the many, many Christmas movies. I will say that, as promised, when we did uh, family, The Family Man, I I did watch Trapped in Paradise again. And <laughs> God damn, Dana Carvey, out-love-its-love-its it. in that one, man. How do you out-love-its-love-its? I mean, he's so annoying in that movie. Almost unwatchable because of Isn't Dana a good one? Carvey. No, no. He's so fucking annoying in it. I mean, I have not seen this movie in a while, but Danny Carvey talks Uh. like this in the whole movie. It's really.
3: You know, really I love Conan awful. O'Brien, but I still say Dana Carvey should have gotten late night after Letterman left.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I think it was the drum set that threw things off. It's like way too much drums. We don't want to watch you play drums, Dana. We want to make you you know, make some jokes. All right. Um, I watched some other uh, Christmas movies. Miracle on 34th Street. You know, oh, it's yeah. not aged well. It's basically the, the movie is about, hey, this woman has a job and she's a single mother. We need to fix her, man. It's it's really. Oh, oh man.
5: <laughs> Dude, here we go. I,
2: I just watched it last week. Like, really? That's yeah, I love plot. it. I check that's in the, every year. That's the plot, man. I just I just explained the plot. It's like, how, how did geez. you feel about the fact that they? Just bring
4: on that dude to play Santa. There's no talk of any money or it being a job. They're just like, all right, now we need you at this store. And then at this store, he's like,
3: uh, now, are okay. you talking about the original Miracle of 34 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, screen yeah. from the 30s? Yeah, 34.
2: 46. Wow.
4: 46. Okay. Mm-hmm. No,
3: really? 46.
2: Mm-hmm. Same year. No, 47. Because it was it was a year after uh, Life of uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Hey, I'm, I'm just impressed
3: film. that they were acknowledging single mothers in the 40s.
2: This is true. This is true. <laughs> I mean, for, for its time, it's certainly, you know, it's got to it's stay. How I'm about lost, It's a not...
3: Wonderful Life being about suicide?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a, well, it's a, that's why it's partly it's why it's an American good. classic.
3: He's trying to kill himself in the beginning of the film. It's <laughs> <story>.
2: complicated. <laughs> Capra complicated. I watched a bunch of other uh, Christmas movies. I won't go into all of them again. I mean, why Why did I watch Fred Claus for a third time? Why? I, I, why? I don't, I don't fucking did you know. Get
4: to, how did you get to three? How,
2: how did they? Why did I? I don't know. I don't know why. I've got no good answer for that. I will say that the night before from 2015 with Seth Rogen and uh, all those guys holds up a little bit better than I thought. I thought it kind of sucked when it came out, but <laughs> I enjoyed it uh, this week. And that as much better...
3: Better but, uh, Vince Vaughn Christmas movie, Four Christmases or Fred Claus?
2: Oh, <laughs> well, Four Christmases, hands down. <laughs> definitely. No contest. Um, I'm ready for whatever the third offering he'll bring us. I'm sure he's got another one in the belt. Um, what else did I watch? As far as Christmas movies goes, I mean, speaking of Scrooge, or did I mention Scrooge? I watched Scrooge, of course, which we've done before sure. on this show. Uh, and then I did Scrooge, oh, A Christmas Girl, the new, um, a butthead. I did the new animated one for Netflix. Like, man, don't another, another one? Bother. Yeah, another one. And at another this one. point, it's like, whoa, if you're going to do it, bring something new give us a reason to do it at this point in 2022 if you're going to just rehash <laughs> yeah. the same shit. Oh, it's animated this time. Well, they've done yeah. that, and they've done it better than that. So I, I, I just would scrolled
4: past it. Guy Pearce as Scrooge. I'm like, there's no fucking way next. Like, why? No, it's Luke Evans. I mean, uh, oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. It's not yeah. Guy Pierce, and I saw a Christmas Carol, like, are you fucking kidding me with this? No,
2: he, he, that's a different Scrooge. That's from, uh, that's a Hulu miniseries that I watched last, last year. Um, Enough so, of this. Four- a four-part one that wasn't terrible but actually. Too much. A four-part um, Very, very Four part dark, one. so dark. Went on forever. It was like it was a commitment.
3: Is okay. it Zack Snyder dark? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got things to say about Snyder
3: actually in a little bit, but oh
2: boy. Um, I watched some shitty Christmas movies. I watched Christmas is canceled <laughs> from last year, which uh, with D- Dermo Mulrooney. and hmm. man, that that movie bombed for good reason. Just fucking terrible. Okay. Um, what else did I watch Christmas wise? Anything else? I watched Noelle from 2019, which I hadn't seen, but it's got mm. your girl in it. Mm. I know you love her, mm. Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Good um, lord! Would you watch her do laundry?
4: I would. Yeah, I would even watch Noel. I like her that much.
2: <laughs> I he, I didn't watch it for her. I watched it. I watched it for Barry himself. You know, I watched it for uh, for Bill Hader, and I was like, oh, you're you're barely in it. Oh well. Mm. Um, and then of course I got into do some non-Christmas movies. I watched other Christmas movies too, but I'll I'll stop. Um. I did check out Glass Onion, of course. Okay. The day it came out. Did you guys watch this movie? Yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. I can't get in no. the mood. No, not yet. I mean, I, I, mean, I do kind of wish I'd seen it in theaters. I, I remember seeing Knives Out in theaters and mm-hmm. just it was a good theatrical experience, a lot of laughs and that kind of stuff. And I laughed. Um, it's enjoyable. I don't know that's quite as good as <laughs> Knives Out, but it's, it's a very good sequel. Oh, I, I feel like it's a lot less mysterious as far as mysteries go than knives out but it was still totally worth seeing and i will watch whatever third one comes out from this series i decided to strap in and um watch the movie dog from from this year from 2022 with uh with uh Chan- what's his name chandler Chan- channing tatum <laughs> Chan- channing Tatum, co-directed by channing tatums i was uh um, okay i always misty-eyed. think Carol channing
3: tatum <laughs> it's <laughs> right i have got it <laughs> oh my god Jesus that's funny
2: um I I got misty eyed before the credits were up so that I was like oh God you know this is why I, I wasn't really thinking I could handle this movie but
4: it's about a dog you gotta you gotta be prepared
2: I, yeah but actually I was pretty fine for the rest of the movie I, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't fall apart any other points in the movie the opening bit was rough but um, it was a sweet movie. I mean, kind of dumb. Some really dumb <laughs> moments. Like, you know, fell short of being what it could have been. But uh, not bad if you like. If you like, I want to say Chandler Bing every time. <laughs> Chandler, Bing? Chandler Bing. Channing Tatum with these fucking made-up movie star names. Uh, strange just world.
3: Yeah, oh, special.
2: strange world. Okay. I was well, there a real
3: review? Get...
2: We, we say say again, Brian.
3: How how was Strange World? The animation didn't look particularly good, so I haven't seen it yet.
2: Dude, this has got to be like one of the most forgettable fucking really? Disney movies I've seen in a long time.
3: It made like a million dollars.
2: Well, I think it's got some pretty progressive things as far as Disney goes. Like, like there's, like, the, like the young boy character. He's got a crush on another boy, for instance. So there, there's some things like that in the movie that made me think, like, maybe they deliberately squashed the marketing on this because they thought like it was gonna fail anyway, so they just didn't support it. <laughs> but also maybe, despite that, they just knew it was kind of a dull film. It's just like, I mean. It's just kind of mediocre. It's just kind of boring. I'm like, this Mm. movie's fucking boring. I'm glad I'm not a kid sitting here for two hours trying to Mm. get through this thing. I mean, I I don't know. It was not great. Um, Speaking of not great, I checked out Me Time, also from this year. Uh, This is the lowest rated Kevin Hart movie and I believe the lowest rated Mark Wahlberg movie. I don't know why I tried, but I tried.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong. I swear to God, algorithms are just pouring these out. Are they even filmmakers involved? Or are they just like churning these out of a computer?
2: It's, it's, uh, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, it must have John, been an AI John... script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, I think his name's John Hamburg. It's the same dude that, that he, he wrote and directed I Love You Man, which I love. Oh. I love you, man. So I totally thought, like, maybe it will be, you know, and I, and I like Wahlberg and Hart okay. So I thought it'd be okay, but Oof, not good. Not good. Um, there's a movie called RRR from this year that's got a lot of buzz. Uh, has have either one of you gentlemen seen this movie? You've heard of this movie.
3: Uh, I I initially when I heard the name RRR I just thought that was a Robin Williams biopic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. but I have not seen it yet. No. Um.
2: Yeah. You know. Like I watched a preview for it. And went man. I don't, I don't know. But it's getting so much buzz at the end of the year. And I've seen it pop up on some best of lists and that kind of stuff.
3: Well, it's on Netflix now, too, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, it's a three-hour movie. It's in Hindi. I'm like, I, I, I've got some time to kill today. I'll sit down and I'll watch R, R, R. Dude, I got 15 minutes into this fucking movie and went, you know what? Life is too short. Life oh, is too shit. short. It is the most... Bombastically, aggressively male thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I don't, I don't do well with machismo and like that. But I mean, not to ruin it because it's the first couple of scenes. But literally, there's a dude fighting like a thousand people at once, like literally a thousand people at once and winning, like kicking their ass. And then like he goes into a room and punches things and like just has abs and screams. And I'm like, I, I can't. I just, I'm not gonna. I can't. <laughs> it was so male i couldn't so um I I, I I gotta say i did watch at least one good movie this week what did i watch it was good i watched glass onion that was good i watched uh oh, oh and the good nurse i watched that today finally um
4: was okay. with,
2: yeah it was okay I, I i felt like damn um i wish i'd heard of charles cullen before i'd never I mean, this person yeah. could be one of the most yeah. prolific serial killers in history yeah. as far as we know i'd never even heard of him Mm-hmm. And I thought the movie did a really good job of highlighting the fact that he was facilitated by by capitalism and our broken healthcare system in America. And the fact that, like, hospitals were shuffling him from place to place, not wanting to take, uh, you know, take the to take the fall for it and just just, you know, servicing their their bottom line. Um, so I thought that we're, I thought it was good. I thought Eddie Redmayne was really, really strong in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, but yeah not didn't blow me away or anything so uh, those are the movies i watched again like i could just go on about all the christmas movies i watched but i'll stop there dude i'll
4: I'll be real quick because like i i was so goddamn busy it took me like 12 hours to drive to my family's place in that blizzard i I don't know why (laughs) i just disregarded the major blizzard warning and covering the entire state i was like i'll be fine i was driving like 10 miles an hour for like 12 hours people were dying you're like i can do it yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just looking forward to, like, the lasagna. I'm, like, not thinking. Um, how, how didn't watch much. Normally, it's three hours from my place to see my folks, but it turned into, like, an absolute nightmare. Uh, but I made it out all right. Um, dude, okay. I <laughs> I turned on Ernest Saves Christmas. Like, I grew up with Ernest. I love Ernest B. Whirl. I'm, like, how could you go wrong? It's been, like, 30 years. I hit play. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's too much. It was too much. I had to turn it off. It was just... It was just too you know,
3: much.
4: Yeah. I was like, like that for an hour and a half. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I'm going to turn it off now before I start to dislike earnest. I'm going to keep that warm memories in my heart. There you go. Um, what the hell else did I watch dude? Nanica, the North. I watched, I watched Nanica, the North it popped <laughs> up on HBO max. Well, I'm doing research. Like I, I might actually, um, I don't know. I'll save that for later, but I'm doing some research, uh, possible projects while so watching down in the North and it's a lot of fun like i know all the controversy but like you can wow. like you you can stage stuff but like you like just you can the the, the filming and the framing and the the, the beautiful majestic landscapes are enough for me i mean it's 1922 what are you going to do and dude,
2: uh, i mean yeah. what thinking just to jump in real quick i mean like mm. any complaints that people have about one of the first documentaries that had some stage <laughs> yeah. stuff in it what was the name of that brazilian documentary that came out last year that was nominated for a canopy award that was like clearly just scripted where the dude went into like a, a yeah, old yeah, folks yeah, yeah. home <laughs> like, yeah yeah yeah. oh like, yeah the control yeah, and, room
4: or something and, and, right so
2: now it's been like 100 awful. years and, and it's Ridiculous. still you know documentary still you know you gotta take them with a grain of salt
4: yeah um that was that and uh all the old classics. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much it, dude. I was just busy and sick and driving, but uh, we'll give you the floor, Brian. What, what have you been up to? Uh, give us some hot recommendations for the week.
3: Well, actually, I'm I'm a little bit late to the game, but Wednesday. I'm only three yeah. four episodes into it, but Wednesday is actually yeah. surprisingly good. Like I I love the Adams Family. Uh, you know, watching that when I was a kid and uh, on reruns all the time, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's just, but Jenna Ortega is good in pretty much everything she does, yeah. Whether it's X she, she, or uh, Scream, and uh, her as Wednesday Adams, it. Uh, who would have known? But uh, I've I, I've gotten three episodes, three and a half episodes through that, and um.
4: That's when so, I got a little exhausted, Brian. That's kind of when I stepped away. I was like, all right, I get it. Like I, I can't do like yeah. six more episodes of this. It's kind of like wore itself out. But I don't know, man.
3: I I liked it. I, I like the idea of sending her to a boarding school. I think is a fun idea. I like. I love Louis Guzman and him. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I know they're only guest stars, but the idea of him and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones mm-hmm. as Marticia and Gomez Adams, um, it's just it it's fun. Um, so I, I I like that one. And then I got into um, the other one. I got into was The Vow on HBO Max. Hmm. Which is the uh, the Chloe from Smallville sex cults? Oh, Spiritus.
4: okay, uh, all right. And
3: I, there, I'm not, I'm not a true crime aficionado. Like mm-hmm. it, every once in a while, a show will come along, like the one that was on the Golden State Killer, that, mm-hmm. uh, Patton Oswalt's fantastic, wife, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that was good but but this one was really interesting because it's got katherine oxenberg from dynasty it's got uh the the ex (laughs) the ex-president of mexico's son like there's all all kinds of weird connections like the the seagram's alcohol heiresses are part of this thing and uh oh shit the other thing that's interesting is that it's uh like like these things on cults like mm-hmm. don't particularly uh, interest me in general, like all the Scientology stuff and all these other cults. But the fact that this is based off of a self uh, um, a self improvement course, basically, <laughs> and it's it's you know college educated people that are you know have access to stuff. These are not stupid people. These aren't people looking for a new religion. It's theoretically about self improvement, and they end up in a sex cult. <laughs> To me, that's fascinating how that happens, and are they just true believers? Are they just and how how you know? There's no uh, and with like everything cults. There's always some guy at the center of it. That's of like course an expert of course. level of manip- manipulating people. Anytime
4: and, some you know. guy thinks he has all the answers, his dick's coming out. I mean, yeah. what else? I mean, I, I,
2: I say? will say that if you got to join a cult, I mean, a sex cult, you could do worse. It's better than a suicide cult.
3: Chloe from just Smallville. <laughs> But, but the fact that... The other thing that was interesting about this cult was um, one of the members of the cult is a Hollywood director. And so the head of the cult actually mm. instructed everybody, whenever they have interactions with the actual cult leader, to record it. So you actually hear him tw- slowly twisting people's minds and stuff. And it's yeah. really fascinating just from a, you know, p- hearing people's conversations and, you know, sort of eavesdropping sort of a thing. Mm. And how this guy manipulates people it's really sad it's interesting it's fascinating and uh it's interesting too like the overall story of how they they finally caught him and and sent him to jail and all that kind of stuff so
4: there's a uh if you're if you want to get into a cult like a rabbit hole of movies brian check out a movie called uh sound of my voice 2011 it's like a found footage cult movie with Britt marling i remember that being pretty damn cool uh see if you can find it i think you'd like that it's
3: nice what's, weird. what's it called it's
4: called sound of my voice like okay. flew by the radar and i was kind of like blown away when i saw it uh really cool
3: nice i i haven't heard of it before i mean i've seen um seen kevin smith's movie red state but that was a, that's red probably state? the closest
2: faults faults is a really good cult movie um, <laughs> martha marcy may marlene
4: whatever no, that was that was really cool too. john hawk's no.
2: What's the, what's the one that there was that Mumblecore horror one that was basically Jonestown that was pretty good too, um, the Sanctuary I think it's called or something like that, something like that, yeah. something like that. Anyway, Sacrament, cult. Sacrament, yeah, that's what it was. Cult, cult. Right. You, you watch anything oh, else, Brian?
3: the The other thing I, I watched last night was uh, you know, being all of us being you know aspiring film critics, I watched a uh, a documentary that went to um one of the uh, european film festivals last year it was about a spanish film critic who's been like the he's like the siskel and ebert of spain mm-hmm. and he's sort of a it's his name's carlos boyega or I'm, pro, I'm messing up his name but uh that was an interesting one too because he he's basically a real life film noir character <laughs> <laughs> who did all the drugs who did all the all drank all the booze slept with all the women and uh, had, a, had stumbled into a career as a film critic, hmm. and they compared his writing to um, uh, to Hemingway hmm. in its in its structure and style. So it's that was actually yeah. a really good. Uh, they didn't go too much into his review; this was more about his personality. But uh, I just finished that up last night too, so that's
2: cool. Cool. That's cool. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right well those are the films that we've uh you know discussed for our quarantine viewing picks which means that it's time to shift into well the main event it's time to get into 2005's waiting dot 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 which i will say every single oh, time boy. um now uh this was brian dragon movie guy's choice uh eric and i had never seen this film either one of us before Mike had, and it sounded like he had some affection for the film. Um, we ordinarily would, you know, we start this segment talking about our remembrances and our first experiences with the film. So obviously me and Eric don't have a lot to uh, say on that account, but uh, do you remember the first time you saw it, Brian and, and uh, why you brought it to the table?
3: I do. I was still uh, up in Seattle at the time. I've been in Vegas since 2006. So this is like a year or two before I left. And I've always loved Kevin Smith movies and and workplace movies in general so I've, I love clerks mm. I love um, uh, pretty much every workplace movie you can think of and I've never worked in the service industry but this movie when I saw that Ryan Reynolds was attached and then Justin Long and Anna Ferris um, those were the the names that initially kind of grabbed my attention and seeing the trailer and and uh, everything that was in the trailer get being and 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 actually being in the film um i actually just everything about the film watching it the first time i do remember watching in theaters and uh, and uh you know watching the 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 guy who who's too nervous to pee in public in a public restroom and all of those things in the trailer winding up the film um it, it's just it, it was it's it's just that that perfect workplace comedy
2: gotcha gotcha uh, it's funny because yeah, this is this fits right into the vein of Clerks and that kind of stuff. Even it, with it being, a, a, you know, an independent auteur, I mean, he ended up getting a lot more funding than uh, Kevin Smith did to make this movie. But I don't know that if Clerks had not come into existence and done well, that he would have gotten the funding to do this movie about ten years later. Um, it's very much in that vein. That's a good comparison
3: and and even office space too you know and office space had mike judge behind it mm-hmm. but that was a movie that when i was in high school and college i worked for seven years in a movie theater through college and mm-hmm. um office space was one that when office space opened up it was in and out of theaters in like a week and yeah i remember I, yeah, yeah and yeah. i like it, it didn't even open up in one <laughs> of the bigger theaters like it was in 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 our complex it was the the everett mall four through ten and it, there's like the three big ones at the top <laughs> and then there's a, like the the ones that have been out three weeks you know the smaller theaters mm-hmm, yeah. at the bottom and this one was in and out of the small theater in like two weeks i so. bet yeah so the so the fact so the fact that uh that uh, waiting comes out two or three years after that um it it, it automatically it just grabbed my attention uh, any, anything, anything Ryan Reynolds grabs my attention pretty quickly because uh, <laughs> it always seems to me that Ryan Reynolds is doing a Chevy Chase impersonation <laughs> or channeling Chevy Chase in some sort hmm. of way, shape, or form. So uh, hmm. I love Ryan Reynolds, and and this is sort of peak, you know, Van Wilder peak Ryan Reynolds. Uh, that era. Yeah, this is
2: this is definitely when he he hit the ground as like going from like no longer like a sitcom star you might not know the name of to being like a. Uh, Hollywood kind of almost a Hollywood fixture. He was he was uh, the star was rising very much with this movie and and that uh, it seems to have helped the star continue to rise. Uh, We typically will explore the IMDb score and uh, some reviews and that kind of stuff. Eric, what do you think the IMDb score is on this guy?
4: I accidentally checked it out when I rented the film.
2: Okay. Um, Do you know uh, do you got a guess Brian?
3: Oh I I would guess seven out of ten i think i may have
2: i think i may have seen it as well is it 6.4 eric i think it i'll be goddamned if it isn't (laughs) 6.8
4: double
3: check it is
2: 6.7 i'm looking right yeah okay it is 6.7
3: all right that's the hard thing with comedies though they never really rate with the with the the hardcore critic crowd well and
2: also 6.7 is not terrible by any means it's i mean you i agree that with comedies it's a little harder because it's, it's a little more broad like you know if you're doing dealing with the drama like okay that's sad that's universal comedy is a bit more subjective um i don't think six seven is bad at all especially with ninety nine thousand ratings here that's a lot of ratings wow. i think um, the
4: fun part is when you go over to <laughs> rotten tomatoes and you've got a fresh bucket of beautiful buttered popcorn from the audience at 75%. But 30% on the thermometer is a quite a big variance there between the two. <laughs> uh,
2: that's one of the biggest uh, divides I think we've yeah. had on the show. Right. Wow. Do you have some reviews there in front of you too? Because I don't have any reviews in front of me. I always, I always suck
4: it. Dude, like, I'm seeing a lot sense. of splats here, man. I'm seeing a, an, an absolute ton of green splats. Heather Bomer of Common Sense Media, undercooked overdone raunchy comedy okay so yeah a lot of food puns a lot of cooking puns a lot of restaurant puns we have to watch the cast struggle and squirm just to make each scene not as horrible as the last says david cornelius of efilmcritic.com
2: <laughs> oh okay so critics did not like it audiences do it's, Top it's critics become-
4: Yeah, it's tough to find a fresh tomato, man, from the top critics. It's really hard.
3: Um, There's almost as many bad cooking puns there as there are in all all of the Russell Wilson let Russ cook (laughs) criticisms (laughs) from this season. (laughs)
2: uh, Now, it has become a bit of a cult classic, which would explain that audience rating and the 6.7, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. It definitely has a pretty strong following, probably particularly... Yeah. For people that have been in the industry, I think would have a special if you watch this movie when it came out, and or if you're in the industry, I feel like you're gonna have some extra, extra affection for it, probably if you missed Uh, it. I've I've always heard
4: people talking about it, like my like since it came out. I've I've always thought it was like you know, it very much not just because they're both workplace comedies, but it it very much reminds me of like office spaces, like the small comedy that like Everyone else has seen what I've, I've missed that just has gained this following. Wait, one you've never seen Office Space? No, 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 I've seen it, but like, uh, I've seen it. But one the positive way. from Roger Moore, of course, from the Orlando Sentinel. The uh, other Roger Moore. The other Roger Moore. Uh, he usually has some good review. He dug the film, man, waiting makes us wait too long between laughs but it's sly awareness of the people and the work might transport you back to that pizza hut olive garden or tgi fridays in your own order up past so yeah a lot of a lot of restaurant kids in 2005 i just remember like you gotta see waiting hey it's like that
2: scene in waiting you know that tv show uh, the bear came out on hulu this yeah. year and you and yeah. me both really liked fantastic bear. Did, did, did you see it brian
3: I have not seen it. I, I, yeah. I loved uh, I loved I loved him as flip on. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I've not stainless. seen the bear yet.
2: Yeah. If you li- if you like him, he's he's really strong in the bear. But mm. when I watched the bear, one of my big takeaways was like, my God. And I said this on the show before, but I was like, my God, why is there so many police procedurals when everybody you fucking know and their brother works in a restaurant? That's that's what's relatable. You know, yeah. I mean like that, that's yeah. what's relatable. Why is there not more movies about that? So I, I mean or or TV shows are just explorations mm-hmm. of that of that world in general because I mean if hmm. if you don't know someone who's in it, you probably yourself have done it. Or at the very least, have gone out to eat in a restaurant in your life, so it's very relatable. Uh, and so I, yeah, um, that that was one of the main things that stuck out to me watching the movie. I'm like, this is all extremely relatable as an employee, as a former employee of Tijuana Flats in Orlando, Florida. I was I was living in in Orlando, Florida, yeah. and, and and working in a restaurant when this screenplay was being pitched and bandied about by the guy, uh, what's his name? What
4: uh, his name? Yeah. The, the writer
2: <laughs> director, uh, Rob. McKittra. Rob McKittrick, who wrote this working at a Orlando Bennigan's or something, of course, such as that and uh, got it made this, this guy, this, this movie really has like the, I mean, this is, this is the dream. This guy wrote a screenplay based about his life while he was living that life and then worked for eight years to get it made. And not only did it get produced, he got tapped to direct it. I mean, that's, that's living the dream. If there ever was one, you got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm.
3: And he hasn't done much since, but he was uh, apparently he was the co-writer or the writer of Tag mm-hmm. yeah, two or three mm-hmm. years
2: ago. Co-writer of Tag and also the writer of Still Waiting from Still 2009. Waiting. Still, Still Waiting. waiting dot, dot.
3: I try not um, to blame him for that one, though. Still Waiting is... <laughs> no, I didn't catch it. Not
2: good. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's, let's dive in to this movie here. And I would like to preface it myself by saying um, to any listeners and to the <laughs> Dragon Movie guy himself that it's a damn shame that Mike Govier is not with us. For one, it's kind of weirdly fitting that the last episode of the year would not be a full boat for our, our regular, co- regular host because we just had kind of a rocky few months in getting us together. Um, but it is a shame extra that he's not here, not just because he has COVID, but because I think he would be perhaps a staunch defender of the film. <laughs> he's worked
4: in like fifty restaurants.
2: Yes, he has worked in many, many Literally. restaurants. He knows that life very well, um, and he's seen, like I said, he seems to have enjoyed the movie. Um, I watched it. <laughs> 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 and oh, it was well, is it a big but?
3: here That's Paws, butt? Here we go. pause butt. I'm pre- a little very pregnant.
2: Brian I don't know you you seem like a nice guy I want you to keep liking our show and I want people to listen to the show to be like oh waiting they're going to do waiting perhaps we'll have nice things to say about my favorite movie I don't know that I'm going to have a ton <laughs> of nice things to say about the movie waiting I'm going to just load that up he's
4: putting it out there he's warning you
2: <laughs> be
4: prepared
3: We're loading it up
2: <laughs> well um, yeah just want to you know prepare people
3: but I, I i do want
2: to start positively um so what are some of your favorite things about the movie brian what what are what are things that like when you have like good memories about the movie like what 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 are, what are the things that draw you back to seeing it again
3: well this is this is a film that a lot of times when uh my friends and i get together and we're, we do a barbecue a pool party that sort of thing this is one of the films that we put in put in uh, in the blu-ray or the dvd in the background so oh, okay. it's just sort of playing while everyone's eating food, and it's it's one that all of my friends, um, I've I got them to watch it, and they all loved it. Uh, and so this one, it it it's just one of those for for anyone that's worked um, in the service industry. And the, that's the funny thing is I've never actually worked in the service industry. I was a lifeguard in high school. I worked in movie theater for seven years, and I worked in media for seventeen years. But I've never actually worked at a restaurant. So the fact that I it. The fact that I feel like I've worked at a restaurant after mm-hmm. watching this film <laughs> speaks to how well this film is relatable when you're talking about those jobs that we all have in high school and in college and in young adulthood. So the, the fact that, I've, that I don't have any firsthand experience, mm-hmm. uh, and yet this is, this is one of my go-to workplace comedies, um, almost as much as Clerks, mm. um, says how much I, I love this film mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. fond memories of this film.
4: That's cool. Yeah, I yeah, mean, one thing this movie, one one thing, I'm hard-pressed to find something, but I did. Um, something the movie does well is is it works well as a hangout movie, Brian. To be able to throw something on just in the background that you don't have to pay attention to, uh, that's not an easy thing to do, and uh, it's kind of even like a little sub-genre, or like sub, what are those things called, like subculture? I don't know what it is. is it- I, yeah, it's, like, kind of a niche. Um, I was a host a couple of times, like, in mm. restaurants, uh, which was fucking so stressful as hell. Every single time I'd sit a customer, they'd be like, no, I don't want to be there. And then, like, the people <laughs> would get all pissed, and, like, I was, like, all the waiters would get super mad at me, and, like, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, they didn't want to sit in this shitty place right next to the bathroom. Every single time. It was a nightmare. So the small taste I have of the restaurant industry is being a host. and. Yeah. I did kind of get the feeling like I was back there. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. it was a terrible feeling because I hated the job. Um, but the the film does a good job of giving you a day in the life of a, an industry.
2: Uh, that's not easy. This could have been a lot worse in terms of giving
4: you that feeling.
2: I think you may have hit something there as to mm-hmm. why you and I have a different reaction to it than than Brian, perhaps. Because I spent a year as a line cook. And when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm having fucking flashbacks. This is like, <laughs> this is uh, all too real. And it was not funny or fun to experience, you know, mm. like um, uh, the, like when um, the waitress that has been there too long, starts having like the freak out screaming <laughs> yeah. bit during yeah, the, Naomi? um, yeah, Naomi, yeah. during the was... uh dinner rush hour. I know I worked l- mm-hmm. lunch rushes as I worked during the day I worked lunch, but I mean that's like yep, every lunch uh someone would lose their fucking shit and throw a piece of pizza at the wall and there I'd be like just like uh like the 80s every 80s lunch hour would be like 80s lunch hour and I'd be like making and making like burritos and like being a fine screaming behind me cuz like they dropped something I don't know like why. But I'm like that that came back to me uh people dropping food on the floor and quickly picking it up like oh i've seen that happen before there's definitely um you know the the partying together afterwards like on a random tuesday or whatever like uh, all of that stuff brought back a lot of memories and most of them weren't great
4: (laughs) i got some fuzzy memories of like cramming into like the dungeon after like closing blockbuster and just like having like 20 people in one room just having fun winding down at the end of the night. I, I did kind of I hate the the this the material in those scenes that I'll get into like like every interaction in those scenes I dislike for obvious reasons but the feeling of the after party I did kind of like that that mood I, that seemed fun to me.
3: Well it, it also kind of covers that that time in life when it's it's past it's past high school it's kind of post college. Yeah yeah and early and, 20s <laughs> sort of, like there's a, a show on ABC like 10 years ago called Wasteland where hmm. they where they talk about how it's you not you're not quite an adult but you're not a kid anymore and hmm. what do you do to get from there to here and those those sort of those interesting years hmm. but uh, I you know I just I love that there's a different character at a different, a different place in this in this film like uh, David Koechner mm-hmm. from from the office and from Anchorman as the really? manager <laughs> who no yeah. one wants to hang out with
5: <laughs> Yeah, Justin yep, Long, yep. The guy
3: there. I think he says it at, at, at one point. He's talking with Chai McBride, and he's like, and Chai McBride's like, I, I, I remember when you were hired a year and four months ago. <laughs> and so you're so you're looking at this character in Justin Long's character who's done, like he's he is done with this, and he's been there a year and four months. Was that and how long it was? Oh man, remembering. Rem- remembering when a year and four months was a long time. <laughs> mm, yeah.
2: No. Well, a job like that could maybe burn out.
3: And seeing exactly why that it, it is a long year and a half.
2: Yeah. Well, to get to, I think, what Eric was alluding to about... No, I for one, I, w- I do want to pause and, and agree very much with, like, this is a, such a specific time in people's lives, mm-hmm. and there isn't a lot of movies made about that. And if they are, they're often something like SLC Punk or something like that, where, like, they're so far outside... Mm-hmm the like the norms Uh, this is very grounded in like reality and believability in a lot of ways uh and a a common experience for people of that age in not just america but you know throughout the world so that i really respected but 2005 man what a what a weird time for comedy i mean like because racial slurs uh uh-uh. uh, no way. We're not putting them in our movie. Probably every other slur. Yes, please. Extra. It's very strange. It was, I mean, like, I'm just like watching the movie. I'm just like, well, shit, there's another scene that's like, difficult <laughs> straight up difficult to listen to people say the words that are in that scene well, strange and, and, thing man
3: and you're right this is probably a film that would not be made today or it would not be made <laughs> in the same way for sure <laughs>
4: yeah this script would have been thrown in the trash they'll be like all right we'll give you a day in the life of restaurant but all everything else <laughs> can't it re, page one rewrite it's amazing this is 2005 for me even like you said that uh this guy, McKittrick, wrote this seven years prior to that. He wrote it I can see this coming out, like, quote-unquote, comfortably in 1997. But even for 2005, like, excuse me, but like, fag and retard, every five seconds was surprising. For Well, it's not big deal. Like In 2005, seemed very strange to me, even. I thought we were done with that even in, in then.
2: Um, yeah, well, I
4: mean, well, I think a lot of, of
3: it too is is coming for where the for where the characters are in their lives. These are, you know, these are, you know, the characters are early twenties. They're 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 on that ground level of the service industry, and they're they're speaking as those characters would speak.
2: You're hundred percent right. I mean, you are a hundred percent right. It is it is uh, for two thousand five, for someone in that age at that age, like in that in that job uh, it's extremely believable um hmm. so i i don't i don't i don't challenge the believability of it i'm just saying that like it is kind of um an assault in some points where it's just like the the f word over and over and over and over and over again but on the other hand like i remember being that age and um at that time that you could turn a corner and there's your friend's Johnson hanging out. That was a possibility. I can't pretend like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, now at your place of work, you're kind of setting yourself up, you know, perhaps for a weekend and lockup or something. Uh, and uh, you know, so being on a public registry for the rest of your life, but uh, it was that, yeah, I mean, it's believable, it's realistic. I do respect that, even if it's not enjoyable to sit through and listen to. <laughs> uh
4: okay we're post kevin smith prime we're even post like uh um todd what the fuck is this guy? todd Phillips? we're even it's post like we're hangover. even post like road trip in uh, uh like american pie and stuff yeah, so yeah. for me this th- it's kind of uh r- redundant in 2005 even for this this type of humor seems a little worn out even by then Uh, And this is before Hangover, where it was this resurgence and with like R-rated Apatow stuff that was like raunchy, but like sentimental. It's just as a very odd year. And I think this movie is just kind of an anomaly in that respect.
3: Well, and it's interesting, too, because this was sort of not a pet project, but it was this was a project that was championed by Ryan Reynolds for those seven years, seven, eight years that Rob McKetrick was trying to get it made. Hmm. And so and uh Ryan Reynolds was that guy who was in Hollywood tr- trying to make all those deals trying to get a cast on board and if you look at the cast on this film it's it's amazing how many people that were already established in their careers took small roles in this film mm-hmm. just to i believe try and make it happen i mean Chai McBride at the time was in a David E Kelly show he was in he was leading Boston Public uh Louis Guzman had had already been around he had been in um oh, yeah
2: uh, boogie nights and all kinds of stuff yeah that boogie point. nights yeah, and all, yeah. yeah
3: all, all kinds of stuff so the fact that the supporting cast even i mean this, and this is dane cook in a supporting role right before he hit big mm-hmm. uh on uh myspace so is that what it was
2: it was right before he hit big because as i'm watching the movie i'm like I, I i've never said this in in my life before but i'm like well dane cook's kind of wasted here it feels like he's not <laughs> <laughs> feels like he's not doing yeah, nearly enough but it was right too. before he popped is that what it was okay
3: yeah, well, right. yeah, because that was like 2006, seven when when MySpace was still a thing. And, <laughs> I, miss I miss it so much. Kind of, well, yeah. him and Tila Tequila were the ones that kind of rode Tila MySpace. Yeah, tequila, tequila. yeah, right. And um, and, and yeah, what's funny is if you actually look at the <laughs> deleted scenes on the Blu-ray or the DVD, uh, you actually see okay. Dane Cook auditioning for I think it was either Monty or Justin Long's character but obviously at that point he, he wasn't quite the name yet so
2: he does have the biggest cringy moment i mean in, in, in cringe the movie he's got the cringiest moment with the whole <laughs> massa shit and the other white guy whipping him with the fucking towel and stuff i'm like oh oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. this is this is rough dane <laughs> this is rough
3: but that, that's dane cook though too that, that's that's you know that's, it's I, I, you know, I, I never play of the you the know, month and
2: he was, he was one you could take or leave, and I, I never took him. I, I never I never jumped on that train. And that's another reason I didn't see this movie when it came out, is I fucking hated Ryan Reynolds with this movie Oh,
4: came out. Jesus.
2: I fucking oh. hated him. Now, I like him now. And I liked him when, I remember 1997 came out and The Alarmist, I remember thinking, like, this kid i don't know who this kid is but he's he's gonna go somewhere i remember being really impressed by him in in the alarmist i remember being really impressed by him in the movie dick and then he did van wilder and i hated him so much for it because i just hate that movie so much um and i couldn't watch anything else he did for a while (laughs) i I fucking hated it i hated it and so i really checked out for like five six years on him i didn't i don't think i came back until the proposal i was like all right that was pretty good did did you see just
3: friends it, I, I did,
2: bathtub? but not when it came out. Like Govier, no. our our co-host Mike, um, had to like urge me for years mm-hmm. to finally watch it, and I and I did, but it was probably five ten years after it came out. And I and I do I do like that movie, but I, I studiously avoid it, like I did all of his stuff for a while. So I'm like, yeah, I I get it, I get your stick, guy, I get it. Um, so I I do avoid it for it was, that. Just,
4: I I still very vividly remember watching national lampoons van wilder for the first time and seeing this guy and i remember being so pissed when it was glad when it was over but also (laughs) pissed because i was like i bet you any money this fucking guy is going to explode and it's just not fair he's and then i remember asking my wife like why do i hate this guy so much and she's like it's your insecurity he's hot and funny and I got, and I'm mad because True. you can't have both, man. Come on, like us normal looking guys that are funny, like we got it made, but to be hot and funny, fuck <laughs> you, man. One or the other.
3: He, he, he has been what People Magazine's sexiest something or other a couple of times, hasn't he? Over the years.
2: I mean, when I he, he there's, there's, there's a scene in the movie where it's just like, here, I'm going to have my shirt up around my shoulders ah, and my like my yeah. V cut. I'm like, well, that, yeah. that just made its way in there. I mean, I don't mind, <laughs> but uh, there it is uh he's certainly a sex symbol and he has been but i don't i don't think he was particularly funny um when he came out i think that he um you know a specific dane cook kind of um people that like like that kind of delivery liked him but some of us were very very turned off uh for a long time and he kind of had to start doing very different (laughs) kind of work to get us to come back to him Um, right well, he's also like Mississippi too, he's, yeah.
3: he's he's done lots of stuff too he's done oh yeah you know, if you think about the uh uh blade he was in blade three yep. which was not a great <laughs> film but he was in it um mm. i never actually did see two guys a girl and a pizza place but i know he was in it for yeah, i didn't like watch the two it. or three years that it was on yeah
2: so uh, yeah i i didn't watch that stuff either. i mean i i sent um eric and mike a uh trailer uh, from his first movie that he made in 1993 where he played like a young boy who was born in india and he's like a white kid with like an indian accent named Ganesh. Um, so he's, he's been around for a while and he's always done some problematic work apparently <laughs> we haven't even gotten to uh his first stab at deadpool in uh, x-men origins wolverine origins but uh so he's had a very storied and different career and i and i respect the hell out of him now but there is definitely a, a, a stint there, where I'm like, this guy's just just not for me. And for it to be like Dane Cook and him in that movie together, I'm like, <laughs> Justin Long is not gonna be the draw to get me in there. Now, anna Ferris maybe could have done it. She's oh, always been sure. great.
3: But she was great in just friends on top of that, too. The whole forgive that, was that, that oh. song was just awesome.
2: I mean, she's awesome in everything, and she's awesome in this. I loved her in this. I thought that she was. I thought her and Shia McBride were the, the the two best parts of the movie for me. Um, her character, which we didn't get enough of, when she finally blows up at yeah. at Monty at at um at Ryan Reynolds character and puts him in his place. I'm like, thank God, finally for one, someone's putting him in his place, and for two, like, finally a big moment from Anna Ferris because I'm like waiting for it. It's Anna Ferris, um, and then yeah, then uh, the Bishop character played by Shy McBride. I love. I love that he's the dishwasher, and he's like the guru. That he's like this is the guy you go to if you want it, your your nickels worth of psychology or whatever. Um, but I just love that he had like such a like he actually had like good advice and like um, was the calm center of the of the place. So I really like those two characters specifically. So as far as um a diverse cast of people goes, I think there are some likable people in there. Then you have people like, I'm like, I love Luis Guzman and I fucking hated him in this. I'm like, dude, put your dick away. Um, (laughs) Mm. No one that hot is trying to fuck Mr. Chef Pants by the dumpster. Um, Like, I don't believe (laughs) that. (laughs) She looks like a porn star. You look like, uh, well, Gomez. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh,
4: It's a tricky one, man. And that... Brian, we hate to just shit on your movie, dude, but like (laughs) right off the bat, like I'm like, we're, we're like five minutes in and I've had like five dick jokes, like five statutory rape jokes. Oh my God. All of these terrible obscenities. I'm like, what? Who is this? I mean, I get that it's for like 14 year old boys, but like, it's just so obnoxious. I, it was, it was tough, man. It was a struggle. Brian Ryan
3: Reynolds. You know, that, you know, it's, it's sort of that it's, it's Deadpool, but you know, Deadpool 0.0. It's like not Deadpool 2.0. It's the negative 1.0
2: Deadpool. If you fuck children (laughs) and was proud about it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, um,
4: you can, you compare it to office space. You can compare it to a fun hangout movie. Like, um, like dazed and confused. Just like we meet all these characters, uh, it, you know, at first it seems like, well, who are we supposed to follow here? Like, who who is my who is my protagonist? And it turns out we're just kind of following everybody around. Um, but like all of this, like the individual stories, what do we have? A guy that's got a pee, a guy that like <laughs> doesn't really like being a waiter. And then like the new guy, like what, what are these narratives? Like what are these stories? Why am I rooting for these people?
2: Well, it's a day in the lifer. I mean, like I don't know how much we're supposed to be like deeply involved in these characters because it's it's not like the only big struggles happening here is is with uh, the Dean character played by Justin Long, who's trying to like figure out am I am I in this holding pattern for the rest of my life? And we're going to advance to the next step. And so when he quits, like, you know, you can kind of root for that and be like, OK, cool. Um, he's taking a step forward. Um, and then other than that, yeah, there's there's not like. It's just it's just a slice of life. It's Empire Records. It's just following people around at work mm. and just watching their interactions yeah. and having a laugh. Yeah, it's a, it's a hangout movie. So mm-hmm. I don't think we need to get too overly invested in their stories necessarily. Because I mean, yeah, it's a day yeah, in the life. That's true. That's true. That's a good point.
3: And and it's that it's that time of life where you're not uh, you're not a kid anymore, but you're not. Uh, it's also not your career, and everyone knows it's not their career. Even management knows it's not their career. So how do you handle that portion of your life? I mean uh monty the 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 character of monty is such an uh an arrested development character where he's he's a guy that uh you know you are bringing up um uh days confused he's basically the uh the matthew mcconaughey character yeah. from that that film he's the he's the guy who never left high school
2: (laughs) only at least in days and confused you get a even though he's played by the super cool and sexy matthew mcconaughey like it's it's still it's a more pathetic character his character is like it's just the way that it's done it's just kind of like you you don't you're not as on board with that character monty's a little too cool and slick and supposed i think we're supposed to like him a lot more and like root for him but, like you know almost everything out of his mouth is about fucking teenage girls, and um <laughs> you know, and that's I mean, that's like it's kind of a one trick pony, actually,
3: but if you think about if 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 you think about it though, he and he and um uh, Dean's character are theoretically twenty two ish years old right. They were in high school together, right, so there's a little bit yeah. of an age difference there, but i you know, I think there's a bigger age difference between. Him, him, Ryan Reynolds, the actor in real life playing that character. at I think twenty five or twenty six at the time, but the character being twenty two, twenty three ish. Yeah, they never really quite established it. But
2: no, I think that's that's definitely true and and a good point. But it it's like in two thousand five, you want to make a joke like that, like okay, but like it just it's like wow, you're just, you're just beating this horse through like the whole movie. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like all right, what else is going on with this guy? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
3: Well, that, that's part of it too. Is there's not much else going on. This is this is the guy that hasn't matured at all. He's still kind of in that spot where he's he's partying every night. He's he's making fun of anything and everybody. Yeah, and that's his character. That's his shtick. And in some ways, it's his armor. Like if there's a there's a scene in there where uh, we see Monty with his mother, played by Wendy Malick from uh, mm-hmm. from lots of different stuff, including uh, Young Sheldon. Um, and including just shoot me, and she oh, yeah. the the back and forth between Monty and his mother, pretty great. Yeah, it, it, you you totally see where he's coming from based off of being her son.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was actually one of the stronger scenes in the movie. Um, their their interplay between those two actors was 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 strong, and the dialogue was strong, and it and it grounds what the character is like. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think, and I, I think that you're right, but I I wish that there had been more of a feeling like. Okay, so so Dean's getting out of this. Monty's kind of fucked. Monty's actually like he might think he, he's he's, like when Mitch the the new guy tells him like you're the coolest guy at shenanigans. That's like being <laughs> I forget what he says something offensive, um. But it, it, it's a good point, right? Like yeah, you're cool but only by these standards. And in fact, you're kind of stuck here and you're going to go nowhere and actually you're sort of a loser. So I wish that there'd been a little bit more emphasis on the fact that he's really not cool. He's actually a loser. Instead, it's like, oh, wow, look look at what growth he's going to wait a week to fuck a teenager. Like, oh, okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I think it's also a part of it too is he's not necessarily supposed to have, he's not the guy with the arc. The arc is Dean. That's true. Dean is the one that actually has is is actually considering his life, and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do next. Is he going to take the promotion? Is he gonna Is he gonna get promoted away to another uh, to another restaurant? What What is he gonna do? Monty's just the guy that he'll. You're right. He'll He'll be there seven eight years from now. He may be He may be there twenty years from now, as long as the restaurant's open and he doesn't get fired or arrested. Monty's gonna still be there at Bennigan's or uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans.
4: (laughs) I can. That's a good (laughs) point, Brian. Like I can totally see that. Um, When you have a when you have like one character that has an arc and some vulnerability, and he's surrounded by cartoon characters, it becomes like a cohesion issue for me Um, because literally everybody else is just like sublimely cartoonish. And you look at something like Clerks. Uh, where these interactions have a lot to say about friendship and like, especially this place in your life, something like Goodwill hunting, you have this interaction between, you know, Chucky and Will about, you know, if you leave this town or this job, like, where does that leave me? Like I'll be missing my friend. You don't really have any meaningful uh, conversations about these friendships it's just hijinks and that just makes this come off like kind of like a first draft script from some kid to me of
2: course he worked on it for eight years um i, I think you Should make some good it. points there but also i don't think it's fair to compare it to goodwill hunting it's, a, it's fair to yeah it's not dominated. It yeah it's fair to compare it to clerks definitely but i wouldn't i mean they're both in that same age range so i, I do get um
3: why you're making the comparison office um, office space employee of the month yeah
2: i i think that the i, I I'm going to defend it some here because I, I think that these are really believable archetypes of restaurant people having worked in a restaurant uh, and known lots of people who worked in restaurants and had many conversations with them. I have known a lot of these people, like, I've, I, like um, the 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 person who's been at the job too long and is just filled with fury and can, and like, especially towards the management, because um, they, they know they could do it better. Um, I've worked with that person. I have worked with the, um, you know, the guy that can't stop flashing his dick or, or, or smoking weed or like just being like really, really inappropriate at work. Um, I've worked with a lot of these kinds of people, mostly at a restaurant. So I, I, I don't know the necessarily cartoonist, but I mean, I hear your criticism, but I think that, I think that that was intentional because you can really, if you've spent time in this uh, restaurant business, I think you could recognize those archetypes.
3: Well, and and the the character of Calvin too, sort of the the nice guy character that just doesn't take the hint that uh, the girl who doesn't even appear in the movie, the character who doesn't even actually <laughs> appear in the film, not even in a voicemail. Yeah, uh, and, and and he, you know, the nice guy that's so in his, stuck in his own head that he's working a double on his one day off, and he keeps calling her. He's like, yeah, so I'm here. We're all of those. There's <laughs> yeah, there's there's all kinds of those characters. I think part oh of it too is that living in Las Vegas, like I do, this is a service industry town. Sure. So even though it's not, I mean, we, we have all of the, 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 the light casual, uh, the casual dining, you know, all the Applebee's and all those, but this is also a 24 hour town where ev- almost everyone works in the service industry. So this is mm-hmm. one of those films that when I, bring, when I bring it up, when you go to the bar or go to the restaurant, everyone's seen it at that works at, at at those places Mm and it it seems to be a pretty common callback to oh yeah i i I remember that guy i remember working with that guy oh yeah yeah she was yeah (laughs) she should have been fired a long time ago she should have been gone
2: (laughs) remember training videos remember having to like go to the little room and like sit Mm -hmm. there like and they'd like roll out some vhs thing for you to watch from like 20 years ago god (laughs) one of the things (laughs) about uh both I, i i'm guessing that you don't have to do that anymore but maybe you do I, I don't really work those kinds of jobs anymore but uh think of the the hours of your life spent watching those can't get that back
3: kind of like well, watching just radio. the uh the, that whole that whole thing where they where those training videos all have a have a uh, a language in and of themselves where it's that <laughs> whole the difference between extra and extraordinary is that little bit extra <laughs> <laughs> that whole kind of <laughs> cheesy training video yeah thing that language is very 80s and 90s
4: uh this score like i don't know what the budget was on this but like it's really missing s- at least a couple of hits because like the music <laughs> like the music cues are like like temp track like feel this way like very lame like rock alt like Score like for, for like every joke has like its own little score. It's very odd and dumb. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this or not, but score is really stupid. The
2: well, uh, I noticed I the soundtrack. Down. I mean, I, I heard I heard Goldfinger at one point. And then I, I heard remember. one
4: Goldfinger song, then I heard like some really lame like alt rock guitar for like the jokes.
3: <laughs> well, this was a three million dollar budget film, which is which is low even oh, for so low. And it,
2: and it made back double that, which is. Mm great um really all they i mean one of the things i've i, I um a genre of film that, that i like that i've discussed before is like movies that are all set in one place and this movie is not all set in one place you get a couple other houses and that kind of stuff but for the most part it's all in that restaurant when you get that first pan of the entire restaurant uh in the very beginning i'm like holy shit i've been in this restaurant many times in many towns uh, I, I think they picked a really good location, and obviously it was a cheap one. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing people uh, were taking probably lighter paychecks. Um, people like Ryan Reynolds probably not. You know, I mean, they were still early in their careers, they weren't, maybe weren't demanding huge paychecks. But this was, yeah, three million. It looks like more than three million, but it made it made the money back, which is great for them made it made still waiting it led to still waiting which i I wouldn't
3: recommend anybody watch watch still waiting still waiting is the anti-waiting in my opinion (laughs) that was that was the uh the height uh, before streaming that was the height of the straight to dvd you know like american pie 17 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. straight to dvd where they can't even afford eugene levy anymore (laughs) 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 like the the only people they brought back from this film for the act for you know for the film proper were um alina Ubach as naomi and uh calvin Um, oh wow yeah and and even that like calvin is the manager of an off-brand hooters basically that's next door (laughs) it's it's like everything Mm -hmm. that you would hate in a story pitch meeting for a sequel to waiting is what they put into the sequel like there's there's hardly any character moments it's Every stereotype. It's 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 even shot on digital. Like no. when, when digital <laughs> looked a lot cheaper. Yeah. To where mm. there's actually uh, they they do a callback to Calvin not being able to pee, and they have a couple of shots from this <laughs> film. And you can, like, and you see can the totally quality. tell the difference between the stuff from this film that was shot on film <laughs> oh, no. and the sequel, which is clearly a low grade videotape yeah. or digital. What um, yeah. happy when an
2: a small yeah. budget movie makes money like that, I guess. They're like, well, let's just crank it out and see who comes to see it. Um, yeah, that's a shame, but I can't say I'm tremendously surprised um, that the movie that brought us the Batwing um, did not have a great sequel. <laughs>
3: Oh, the brain. Oh. Uh,
2: yeah, um, I remember our friend Jason used to do that. He didn't call it the brain, though. He called it the fruit salad, which I don't know why, but shout out to Jason and his fruit salad. <laughs>
3: the fruit salad. That's a great name, too.
4: <laughs> That's pretty good. Is it, is it funny when like they fuck with the food like 20 times? Like, No. Well,
3: it's gross, yes. but it's also the whole thing of don't fuck with your server. <laughs>
2: There's a fight club message happening here for sure. Uh we watch you while you sleep. We we make your steak for you. Uh don't fuck with us. That woman that that sends the food back is the biggest dick I think I've ever seen on film. She's so convincing. Give that woman an Oscar. Uh really convincing asshole. She does a fine job there.
3: And then really the uh it. the guy that uh the guy that uh uh that the manager ends up at his house by accident yeah, at the end of the film. Dude. I swear he reminds me of um, Roger Clemens with the wine and dine and the 69 hat <laughs> that shows up at mm-hmm. the end of every uh, Fairley Brothers film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah hmm.
2: definitely. that was definitely right about when those trucker hats were coming back too. But mm-hmm. if you're going to set a movie in, in Florida, you got to have at least one, one Confederate flag in there and they, they weasel that in there oh, yeah. <laughs> right at the end of the movie. Yep.
5: <laughs> uh.
3: We actually even have a few of those here in Vegas, believe it or not. Those oh, confederate flags—they I mean, they they show they up show at uh, UNLV football games every once in a while. Which I amazingly, mean, they're
2: they're everywhere. But
3: uh... yeah, so the southern in southern Nevada. <laughs> uh,
2: any other notes that we? Uh, anything else we want to touch on here that we didn't get to? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll take man. that as a no. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of starting to like ring that. Red completely dry here i think i've hit on all the points that i was gonna make brian you got anything else you want to address before we get into whether or not we believe it holds up
3: um it's you know re-watching this film it's this is a film that i i watch and re-watch quite a bit but i haven't watched it in the last couple of years just mm. for whatever reason yeah um and it it a lot of the stuff was, was kind of i remember it it's not like i forgot the film but um some of the stuff it, it struck me as something that you, that no studio would take a would would do nowadays, especially after all the Me Too stuff and <laughs> and a lot of the the rights issues kind of stuff that that pop up uh, that have you know changed in culture as as, sure. as our culture has changed over the last fifteen years. You know, like the you know we're just showing each other's junk. You know, there wouldn't be all the gay jokes. That that are in this film would not be in a film nowadays. Yeah,
2: um, a lot of blatant sexual harassment. Like he just meets the new guy and like pinches his nipple and calls him cute. Yeah, you know, that's uh, you could sue him for that now if you want to. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I, yeah, uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, and the, the stuff with Nate and T Dog or Theodore. That's. <laughs> character, um,
2: believable though. Again, like I've met those fucking guys, I have met those guys. Unfortunately, I live yeah, in Florida. Like the, you know.
3: the kids, the kids from the suburbs that yeah. are really into rap music that's how they talk. Well, the not all rising. of them,
2: not all of them give themselves cornrows and like nicknames, but I've, yeah, well, I guess enough I've, of them do. From people
3: did a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the yeah. white teenagers in the suburbs, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, middle-class suburbs of, of seattle washington the northern northern suburbs you would see that back in the
2: 90s yeah you, you saw it here in michigan too for sure um unfortunately all right man well you brought this uh to the table we'll let you start things off here in terms of uh your final assessments and then let us know what you think does this movie hold up or not
3: I think it does because the the guts of the story of the character arcs of of Dean and even Monty to a certain extent in the fact that he doesn't really even have one he that that is who he is at that point in his life, and he doesn't have to sandwich in three years worth of personal growth into an hour and a half movie. It's, that mm-hmm. that is who he is. He is he's the equivalent of a frat guy. He is, uh, you know that, that that is who he is and and. Uh, on top of that, the um, I you know Anna Ferris at that point in her career probably could have been doing any other film, but the fact that she wanted to come down and do that film and and have that that scene back and forth with Brian Reynolds, I still love that scene. And if you if you watch the special features on the Blu-ray, um, they they talk about developing that scene and the back and forth and who should win that argument and how should it end. Um, I, I I love that scene and even uh, Caitlin Doubleday, as as the the love interest for dean um she hasn't had much of a career but she is a working actress since then and um i i actually like her character in this film being the understanding girlfriend the one who doesn't want to be labeled the bitch um i like her in the in this film as well as well as obviously chai mcbride the the one adult in the room who's (laughs) who's you know who's still who's still uh the 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 busser and um and yeah louis guzman just going completely over the top louis guzman (laughs) even even louis guzman explaining the the rules of the game and the editing and the cutting back and forth that that is the other thing too the the cutting the editing in this film is really well done for maintaining storylines and not devolving into an american pie sequel it, it has that that flow of the original film and re-watching it last night um i was reminded of how well the, how good the editing was done in this film as well
2: yeah the cutaways and, and yeah those were pretty effective eric yeah, no. even,
3: the, even the um oh, what's the name of it? the uh the uh the the device on the wall at the very end like if you're watching the credits the uh uh, I forgot the name of it, but the one where where one thing leads to another and then it's it's pushing all the, the golf ball around and then the the bar, the bottle of beer opens up at the end and then pours into the uh, the Rube, uh, the Rube Baker device. That was it.
2: Oh, the, or the Rube Goldberg. Right? Rube, Rube uh, Goldberg. That was it. Yeah. yeah.
3: The, the Rube Goldberg device on the wall. And you're like, God, are they ever going to use that? You can totally tell it's a Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I just love the design of all those sorts of sorts of things, like almost like you, you see in Back to the Future, mm-hmm. where there's a couple of the Rube Goldberg uh, setups. So awesome. Well,
2: what do you think, Eric? You want to jump in?
3: Well, when
4: I texted you a photograph of me slitting my own uh, throat <laughs> for having to sit through this, I to believe that said it all. Uh, maybe I'll put the photo on Instagram. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I like this setup. I think we got a fun setup, a movie about the restaurant industry, office space in a restaurant. Uh, Kevin Smith was going to do this. Uh, Bussers, he was going to do this uh, after, I think, Mallrats, but he stepped away from the project. We got a great conceit here, Uh, hangout movie about a restaurant. The script is just not funny for me. I, I laughed once. I laughed once when all the cooks are like pissed off about the customer coming in like right before closing time. That I can relate oh, to. We so were so mad at the video yeah. store when some asshole would come yeah. in and then want to rent a VCR at like 11.55 p.m., remember? Oh, my like God, we would get so mad. Yeah. yeah, it mm-hmm. took like two hours to rent any any VCR or video game system. Uh, I chuckled at that, and I totally can see why a lot of people lo- love this movie. It's relatable, uh, especially for the age range and the industry, but this is like a first draft script for me. It's just, I'm not laughing. Like I'm seeing all these, I'm seeing like a checklist that this guy came up with. Like all this stuff has to happen in the movie, get pissed off because you got a bad tip, uh, get mad at it. And it's just like, they do that. But like, that's it. Like, I don't need a bunch of character development here. Like I've seen swingers where like all of Mike's friends and swingers just pretty much for this, for the, uh, Duration of the film stay the same. Like Vince Vaughn, he's the same guy from beginning to end, and that's, and that's fun and it works because the dialogue's funny. This is just obscene, disgusting humor from start to finish that bothered me and pissed me off. Um, Probably had its time and its place, but for me coming in here at twenty twenty two, I just thought it was trash. Uh, I don't think it holds up, man. Brian, I'm glad you brought this to the table because I know we're gonna have a lot of fans are gonna be pissed off. but i got to be i got to be true to my own heart and say that this movie is not funny and it's horrible it sucks
2: <laughs> so it but doesn't what did hold you up really think? no <laughs> uh, it didn't hold up for me man all right that leaves it to me uh, which i felt like i feel like i kind of tilted my hand um yeah when eric eric sent me a picture a text of him watching the movie looking bored and pissed <laughs> So I sent him a picture of me back um, with a genuine response. I just waited. I I literally at one point took the camera out and waited until Ryan Reynolds made a joke and then just took Mm -hmm. a picture of my face afterwards. And it's like me rolling my eyes with my mouth (laughs) open, annoyed. Um, And then Eric responded with a picture back of where he had literally taken a knife and was holding it up to his neck with a long line of ketchup across the neck. And then I laughed really, really hard. And that was the only time (laughs) I laughed throughout the entirety of the movie. I did not watch, I did not laugh a single time from the joke like intended from the movie Uh, so for me if you're watching a comedy and you're not laughing at it that's a big fucking problem i do respect um some of the things that are going on here the relatability of these of these events mm -hmm. of the job uh i I, like i said I, i love a single location or mostly single location kind of movie um i i i i did dig some of the um flashbacks that the movie gave me to 20 years ago when i was working as a line cook um there there's there's certainly value here and had i seen this movie when it came out in 2005 i feel like i would feel very very differently about yeah it. that's it that's i think it. That that's a key point that i missed mm-hmm. the boat on this one because i mean in 1994 or 5 when clerks came out which a lot of very similar humor here Mm-hmm. i ate that up with a spoon i loved it i risk like i just like internalized it and, and regurgitated the, the the lines and all that kind of stuff um and and i do think kevin um this dialogue is far superior but in a lot of ways there's not a lot of light i think between these two movies when you get down to it um so yeah i think i've just you know i've changed in the past 18 years um you know where to me now to hear this barrage of slurs is as as uh, as believable and, and realistic etc as it is for the time and all that kind of stuff i mean i brought on to this show one of my favorite comedies of all time joe dirt mm-hmm. and and found that i can't fucking watch it anymore because it's just so homophobic <laughs> and i i feel similarly about this i mean like you know um maybe i should not give a fuck about slurs but i i don't i, I just i don't <laughs> like to hear them man i just don't like it it pisses me off doesn't make me laugh and if every joke that you got is based around a slur or like fucking underage ch- children or like exposing <sighs> yourself in public like you know like all of this shit is just like Ooh. So yeah, I fucking hated it. I hated. it. I really really oh. am thankful that you brought it on, Brian, and I, and I felt <laughs> a lot of uh, trepidation about, like, I'm like, dude, like, this guy's going to have such a bad time. Oh, Eric come back, come back, tr- Brian. <laughs> please come back. Uh, please keep watching our show. We appreciate you coming on. I feel like an asshole that I hated the movie that you brought um, so vehemently, but I, I really, yeah. I really did hate it.
3: No, <laughs> but that, that actually kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, uh, you know, and it's just uh, you know, I guess it. Uh, it also speaks to um, time and place. Yeah, and sure, time and place doesn't. You know, like, like there are people that hate spoilers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm hate. not one of those people that hate spoilers. The things that I liked 20 years ago, I still like now. And my guess is, if I'm still alive 20 years from now, I'll probably still like them. Hmm. But I recognize that most people, once they you know get married and have kids their perspectives change and you know like like for example like i don't like on my channel i don't swear Mm -hmm. and that's not for you know and i don't swear as much as i used to 10 years ago you know 15 Mm -hmm. 20 years ago especially um but you know working for 17 years in tv news a lot of that gets kind of beat out of you so Mm -hmm. i totally get the time and place um if you know where I think you guys are in your forties as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. So, you know, we're we're three guys in our forties. <laughs> when I think the the obviously the audience for this film is talking to people in their twenties, early twenties. Yeah. In and for me that that's when I saw this film. And so I I automatically kind of snap back to that time and place mm-hmm. when I watch this mm-hmm. film.
2: And my sense of humor at that time would have jived perfectly. Oh yeah, with this shit. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that was that was what I was all about. But unfortunately, change. Uh, you know, it stalks us whether we want to uh, go along with it or not as we age. And um, my sense of humor is just dramatically changed. I guess for the better, for what? the worse. I don't know, but it's well,
3: changed. Okay, so what what uh, <laughs> what kind of comedy do you laugh at now? That you wouldn't That's have good laughed 20 years
2: ago. That's a great that, question. That is a good question. Um, I think that I find a lot more humor in, well, actually, I'll take that back. I've always liked dry humor, really bl- like black humor, really dry, crisp humor. And I still respond really well to that stuff. And I just probably, I think I just laugh less generally as, <laughs> as an older person now than I used to. <laughs>
4: Wow, that's that's really interesting, Brian. Cause like comedy is the, is one of the one of the few genres that definitely you 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 as a viewer are going to look at differently. Watch a horror movie at 13, you're gonna still love it at 42. Something like this, it's hard for me to laugh at, mostly because it's I don't wanna sound like a cantankerous old fart, but it's mean spirited <laughs> and ugly. And I can't dig that nowadays, man. I can watch something like Anchorman from a year before this and laugh my ass off, just because it's silly, it's slapstick, it's 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 vaudeville. Uh, but but this is just it's just ugly. It's just mean spirited and ugly. So I don't, I don't know what else to say.
2: <laughs> I laugh at the Golden Girls a lot. I'm currently watching. The sure, Golden absolutely, Palace. man. Golden, <laughs> Golden Palace makes me laugh almost every episode. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where my humor is now. So
3: golden oh, I... palace the sp- the spin-off sequel the spinoff yeah, yeah. Girls. that's that's what you're dealing Don with
2: mm. and 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 teach <laughs> maron yes <That's> right
3: <laughs> well like, so, like yeah. i i love like you're wearing a dunder mifflin t-shirt i love the office i love mm-hmm. the office I love but it. i could totally see you know 10 years from now a lot of michael scott's lines especially from the oh. early set seasons of the office yeah. could be ones that would make do. Oh, they already are.
4: That's there. That's yeah. the thing that, I mean, that's such a perfect illustration because Michael's the only one who thinks that stuff is funny. Everyone else lives in the present in that office and they are cringing. Whereas in waiting, everyone's laughing at these fucking terrible, disgusting jokes,
2: <laughs> which again, like the, the audience for those jokes are other men of that age or people of that age for the most part. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so that Damn. is waiting from 2005. Bit of a mixed bag here. I I, I imagine we'll get Mike's, um, our co-host Mike Gauvier's, uh, weighing in on it next week when he comes back, and he'll let us know what he thinks of it. I suspect it will even the score. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah. let, yeah. let him speak for Habit himself. Jail. Um, but for now, it's a two to it's a two to one thing. Um, but we do hope that you come back, and we hope that you had fun because we've had fun talking to you.
3: Absolutely, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, and it's always fun hearing, um, you know, what you what people actually think because I think I think so much so often with films, people think they say what they think they should say, or they just kind of go along with it. So I I mm. always love hearing opinions that are opposite of mine as long as the you know as long as you know e- or even if it's the same or different uh as long as it's a, a well thought out argument which both of you guys have done so oh, i that's that's you. part of the discussion that i love thank you cool man um, it was fun
2: so we will we'll wrap our show up as we always do by talking about what we'll be discussing <laughs> next week it'll be my turn to pick the next film okay. um i have had it in my mind for a while that like all these movies in my head that i think i want to do and then i'm like well no it's too good that one's definitely going to hold up that one's definitely gonna hold up.
5: <laughs> oh yeah and
2: then i, and then I yep. think to myself like well, what the fucking what's the point of our podcast then like if, if you know if if i'm assuming that it's going to hold up maybe that's the whole point is that we should occasionally you know watch ones that i release i should pick ones that i think are going to hold up and maybe they won't at any rate mm. i've mm. i've got a movie in mind that is it may have been nominated for like eight academy awards or something oh. like that so it may be It may be still pretty highly regarded, but I thought it'd be fun to go back to 2007 and watch the Tony Gilroy Mm -hmm. directorial debut of Mm -hmm. Michael Clayton.
4: Yes, I've been waiting for this to come on. I figured it was on all of our short lists. Now's the time (laughs) because it's been it's been 15 years for me.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been it hasn't been that long for me, but it's been quite a few years since I watched it. But I'm like I'm sure it's a fucking great movie. Mm Of course, it's a great movie, but maybe I, maybe it's not maybe it's so i think that i'm going to watch a movie and that and i don't think i'm going to walk away thinking oh that movie sucked but maybe it's not going to hold up <laughs> to be the masterpiece that i remember it being so
3: see and we'll i still haven't actually seen michael clayton to oh, check it get, out
2: you've got some time to, to check it out and then yeah. tune in with us next yeah. week if you want tune to in
3: live send us a message
2: <laughs> yeah uh cool. it's currently streaming on the roku channel so there you go sweet
4: love all the right roku.
2: Well, thank you again, Brian. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Yes. Say so you had fun. Okay, good. Yes. He's
4: Dragon right. movie guy <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> like, where, where yes. can we find you, man?
3: Primarily YouTube, but also Instagram, um, mm-hmm. even TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm on, you know, I'm old enough that I call it the TikTok. So I'm <laughs> on, I'm on the the Instagram, the, uh, the 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 TikTok, and the Twitter as well. So how,
4: how did... long have you? Been... I'm sorry, Travis. How long have you been doing the reviews on? uh youtube because i've been watching some guy like stuckman and rambo Raff for like since like 2012 how how long have you been on there
3: oh no i've just uh february of 2020 okay my first video i should have if i would have uh because i was on youtube in in 2012 but i was just using it for um as a resume tape basically because mm-hmm. no. i was uh 17 years in tv news 11 of those um as a tv news photo journalist so i was mm-hmm. putting my reels um mm-hmm. on youtube back then and i didn't you know i, I had access to ca- a camera to editing equipment and i didn't even think to put on um movie reviews mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think well gosh if i would have been in that first class of of the stuckman's of the jeremy yeah Longs, sure. um, yeah my you know my the growth would have been a heck of a lot easier than it is now so yeah,
4: yeah. I, dude i love the videos man uh you're definitely very genuine you come across yeah. as such you're not shilling it you're not throwing hyperbole you're not the type of guy that like reads reviews and then just regurgitates i, I dig this stuff man so i'd encourage everyone no.
2: to check it out yeah and that's- you're excited about it which is fun too mm-hmm. yeah.
3: well what's what's the point of doing it if we're not
2: that's right? very true all right. Well, we are the Cinema Nine podcast for Dragon Movie Guy Brian, for Eric, for myself, and of course for Mike Govier. We wish you a fond adieu. Thank you so much. And uh, carpe these nuts. <sighs> I'm sorry.